He clotheslines the fucking mailman in the front yard. This is enough. We, we're both going to get satisfied. Yeah. Twins win! Twins win! Twins win! And bring Major Guns home where she belongs, tough guy. And I think about all my favorite inventors, my favorite people that created things to better man. Every single one of those men that created things are a man as well. Because men create things for men. You can't touch it anymore. That's enough. I feel like you're setting me up for a that's enough. <laughs> and I'm not walking into it. I am looking at the mirror at himself going, that's enough. Give us a little bit of that. Sure. Oh, France, you bastard. I'm touching. That's enough. Which is a weird reaction to have. Like, I've never had that reaction before. How come you can't get the scaffold up? You can't raise the scaffold. You can't close the fucking door. Bring her back to where she belongs in the United States, tough guy! Gary Coleman? With the worst narts plow of all time? And then he's going to head to the hotel. Because he's a loaded sex pistol ready to explode. Take the jackknife, good boy. He's a loaded sex pistol. And he's ready to explode. I fucking told you so! I told you I was the father! That ain't my baby! That ain't my baby! That ain't my baby! That ain't my baby! I ain't the baby daddy! I ain't the baby daddy! That ain't my baby! Slut! Oh! Bitch! They're saying war games, but they're not having the war game! Things might be fucking looking up! They might be fucking looking up! In association with the Shining Wizards Network, Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast presents... The era of Duke and Rogue. I'm your host, Duke Bags. Kevin Rogue. And today we are covering WCW Fall Brawl 2000. Unedited, unpredictable, unbelievable. That's what we're going with for a tagline. And that's not too bad, actually. That is actually probably the best work that we've seen WCW do for a tagline. Fairly accurate, unpredictable, unbelievable. There, There has been moments on each episode this season where i couldn't believe what i was watching so right. that's accurate not for a good not for good reasons though right right yeah. so this son of a bitch takes place september 17th 2000 live from the hsbc arena in buffalo new york <laughs> the hsbc arena Bet so what what high school is it? High school of Buffalo Commonwealth. That would make sense, right? Is that is it? Do yeah, it, it's high is school. It, and I was gonna say, was it was it an actual arena? Like, is it a professional arena, or is this just HSBC Arena? Leads me to believe that it's not anything special. Well, you could put eighteen thousand asses in the seats, and they got eight thousand in there, so. Another house a little under half full, but I got to believe with 18,000 potential asses in the seats, it's got to host something. Yeah, you're right there. Yeah, no, I agree. HSBC. That sucker is still there. I'm not sure what it's hosting, but it's uh, still standing. Maybe they're having like a convention there. I bet they have a lot of conventions. Yeah. Buffalo? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, quick snapshot here about how business is going for the WCW. Yeah, so, this truck was sold about 75,000 pay-per-view buys. That's very poor. 
For comparison's sake, the WWF did over 564000 at Unforgiven, which was their September pay-per-view. So for all the math freaks out there, the Federation's doing seven and a half times the amount of business <laughs> on pay-per-view oh, buys. Man. <laughs> so it's not even really a war anymore. It's just yep. the aftershocks of, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's it's like the, you know, there were those guys in the Pacific who were told never to surrender, and they ended right. up, like, not surrendering, and they hit yeah. out in the jungles after the World War, and then they got discovered later yeah. on. It's kind of like that. Like, Rusi is, is like, like one of those guys. <laughs> He's one of those guys. Being like, no, guys, stick to the script that is not the actual script that they think it is. Bro, I'll tell you what. Did you tell him we're not going to take the finish? Piece of shit. Just stay in a jungle. What I do like, though, when you say seven and a, seven and a half times the, the amount of business, you know what's more impactful way to say that? What's that? You say they're doing 750% better. <laughs> 750%? Yeah. I love wow. that. Like, you know, because obviously seven and a half times. Perfect. You get Everybody gets that. But if you're saying their business is doing 750% better, oh, it's way more impactful. Yeah, that just seems. Mm-hmm. Take it from it... me, man. I'm, I I've told this to you 20 years ago. I am the Tesla of word. I don't think Tesla was a thing back then. Te- the scientist? The inventor? Well, he, was, he was a guy, sure. Yeah, the guy that created modern time. Okay, so you're not talking about the car. You're talking about the guy. Talking about the man. Oh, yeah? Well, I sit back at home, and I think about all my favorite inventors, my favorite people that created things to better man. Every single one of those men that created things are a man as well. Because men create things for men. (laughs) Nice to hear from Oklahoma. Uh, speaking of another one of our favorite guys who pops in from time to time, so there isn't a whole lot of, I think at this point, folks just stopped bothering to revisit the events because it was just a sinking ship. I couldn't find much on Fall Brawl, but I did find a Taskmaster interview. And oh. it was it was hilarious because he was on mute for a while and he didn't know it. <laughs> And the fucking the amateur was interviewing him didn't even bother chopping up the thing. He's just leaving the task out there to dry look like an idiot. <laughs> unfortunate soul. All right. The last show we covered was New Blood Rising. It took place about a month ago. Give a quick recap on a couple of the low lights since then. Kevin Nash defeated Booker T to win the world title on Raw. Double J oh. was the guest referee. On, on Raw? Yeah, it was a crossover event. Fuck, man. <laughs> Talent exchange. I would have thought I would have remembered that. <laughs> I think it was on Nitro. My bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's Mis- fine. Mi- it makes, misspoke. Makes more sense. Damn it. The following week after that happened, which was the Monday before this event, Rusi decided to not wait until Fall Brawl to have the war games. Monday Nitro was transformed into... War Games, Rusi's Revenge. But it wasn't War Games. That's the thing that they're missing in all this. They're just, they're saying War Games, but they're not having 
the war games. They're just saying it's war games. You can't just say it's war games. Just saying it doesn't make it war games. They use that triple cage three-tiered bit, if I remember correctly. You do. You do. I'm glad they're getting some more play out of that thing. I mean, it's pretty sweet, but it's still not war games. So what Rusi did, essentially, was organized a, it was like a tournament deal to see who can get into this Rusi's Revenge War Games to get a shot at uh, Big Sex's world title. And recently, Goldberg actually brought Rusi out in the desert to bury him. Like, literally bury him in the desert. Now was and that uh was that real revenge. or was that was that part of the script or was Goldberg not going by the script? Do we know? It's not clear. Gotcha. This time. Elsewhere, I mean, well, what ended up happening was it was uh, like six guys in there and then I don't even know how he pulled it off, but Kevin Nash is still the champion, so Yeah. Good for him. Um, I think back in the day with the war games, didn't you have to get a win with a submission? Wasn't that the deal? Yeah, that sounds right to me. Because the match didn't even start until all combatants were in the... This is like calling what he did on Nitro war games is miserable. It's horrible. You can't call it... You can't just call it war games. It's unacceptable. War games is the style of match. Two rings, two teams, one giant cage. Each member members come in at different time intervals. And then once everybody comes in the match, right? Oh yeah. Then oh, yeah. it it is you know they call it the match beyond war games. The match beyond. You got to get your opponent to fucking give up. That's war games. Also, I remember that you know there were staggered entrances, which there was in this yep. one. But in the actual match beyond, you had to wait until all the guys were in there to get a victory. Right. Whereas with with this one, I don't think you even had to wait for all the guys. Did did you watch this thing? You were laid up with the COVID, and you said you tuned in and out of uh, some of the programming. Yeah, I watched some of it, uh, the the Thunders and the Nitros during this time period. I just, I, being laid up with COVID, it's uh, it's real interesting how it boggles your mind because you can be watching something and not fully take it in. I guess if that makes sense. So I didn't. I definitely watched it, but I have very, very, I mean, minor memories of it. Mm. Well, from what I saw, it wasn't good. No. But I guess Rusey was getting that. Uh, I guess alternative form of war games out of the way before the show we're covering here because we're not going to have any war games matches. Right. We're going to have a couple of like Survivor Series matches, but no war games. Um, real quick before we get into this thing, on Thunder, Mean Gene defeated Mark Madden in a Cam Loops street fight. Cam Loops street fight. You know what that is? Is that does that got to be the town they were in? I'm guessing it's probably the town. But like the town of Cam Loops, that doesn't sound right. It don't. I didn't bother taking a dive on it, but Mean Gene's been getting involved in matches recently, and I think that's given him a little bit of a an edge, as we'll see later. 
yeah, you think he's uh, he's going to make a run for run of the title? Hardcore title, maybe. TV title? Yeah, sure. Sure. There you go. Yeah. Him and Ralphus can go after the tags. Oh, God. That team wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> uh, elsewhere, I mean, Rusi, right, he goes for constant excitement and swerves and new shit, and in that he succeeds, I suppose. But I was looking at kind of the shows in between the two events, and there was all sorts of weird handicap matches, mean genes getting involved. Uh, Vito took on all six of the natural born killers by himself. So thrillers, the thrillers, right? Yeah. Did I say the killers. He said, yeah, killers. Ah, well, the six on one odds, you know, could have happened. Could have. So let's get to the show here because. Sure. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you give give your take on the opening feature opening because it features ass kicking clips and wrestling figures. So that was the best part of the show. Is the opening. those were not good? Those were not good wrestling figures, though. Uh, I, don't think that, I, mean, I don't think they would score high on your uh, on your show rating. Over on the Tots Pod. I mean, we'll we'll eventually tackle that line when we get there. But I, quite honestly, for the figs of the time, those aren't bad figs, and it's awesome to see figs in that manner in that open. I thought that was that was pretty damn sweet. I enjoyed that portion of the open. Now, I will say, I didn't take much else out of the open because I was so excited to see what fig they were going to show next. Right, i i so, saw the I saw the Booker T fig, and I didn't think that looked like him at all. So that's why I got kind of a bad. Uh, the Booker T fig was you know. pretty rough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But outside of that, I mean, I thought it was kind of a nice little creative way to to have the open for your pay per view. Hell yeah! Well, let's get this thing started off proper with the cruiserweight title match, or should I say, a one hundred one kilo and below championship title match now you should just say a cruiserweight title match <laughs> <laughs> so your guy elix skipper yes you, you like this guy <laughs> man yeah i like him he's good he is a good he's a, he is exactly what he's exactly what the cruiserweight division needs right now he's good he's good i'll give that to you Smooth He's as a, hell, right? Crisp, graduate, good moves. Graduate of the power plant. I didn't realize he was a power plant guy, but that's also good enough for me. I mean, he moves really well in the ring. I really like I really like his work. I think he's pretty damn crisp. But I got to ask you this. Let's talk a little bit about Major Guns. All right? All right. We saw her in the MIA. And now we're seeing her in uh, Team Canada. Now, do you prefer your your guns Canadian or MIA? That's the question. Because I know which one I prefer. And I would like to know which one you prefer. All right. 
Do I like her as a as a Canadian major guns or an MIA major guns? What you're that asking. is the question. Yeah, that is exactly what I'm asking. That's the question that I've posed. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the poor girl a bone here, and oh yeah, oh yeah, and say the misfits in action because she seemed happier in that group. You are wrong. You're wrong, man. You're you're just wrong. That's the wrong answer. That's What's, just the uh, wrong answer. Are you in agreement with Scott Hudson that that the the Maple Leafs look pretty good on the guns? I think the Maple Leafs look great on the guns. I'll say this: not a fan of camouflage in any fit, form, or fashion. Right? I don't like camouflage. I think it looks hideous. And Major Guns, right? She's kind of the forgotten one out of that group of uh, Hancock and Tory, and you know, Guns was the other the other lady there. She was kind of the forgotten one. But I think that it, had she been Team Canada the entire time, I think more people would be remembering because she looks, uh, you know, <laughs> oh Canada. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was. She must have been. Up for grabs in a match, right? I just, I, you know, you said that last last year we were talking about uh, Liz being up for grabs in matches, stuff like that. I don't think that's the way it works, man, still. Mm. I don't know what, I mean, they must have, you know, again, must have been like a situation with uh, Liz and uh, Luger where it's a contract for the services. That would make sense. But I don't right. think you just take ownership. I don't think that's how that works. I kind of like this actually. So, Kipper, he's a he's a newcomer, and he actually interfered in a matchup between Lance Storm and Mike Awesome, helping Storm get the victory. And as a reward for his actions, Storm made him a member of Team Canada and gave him one of the three belts he had at the time, the cruiserweight Took belt, a, which which he dubbed the one 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 kilos and below title. Yeah, that's not bad. I like it. So he's taking on Kiwi. With Paisley, uh, I don't know what to think of this, Kiwi's. Uh, Paisley's got an interesting taste in fellas, right? She does have an interesting taste, yeah, because she was with Taff Cappy. Yeah. And now she's she's with Kiwi. Uh, apparently, Paisley only likes the cruiserweight division. Ah, uh, makes sense. What's, uh, you think she, you think the artist is still around at this time? You think they're like uh like a tag team, or you think she she left one for the other? I think she probably left one for the other because I mm. I don't know that we're going to be seeing Taff Cappy again. Well, I'm still holding out hope. I'm hoping to see uh, see Kiwi and Taff Cappy next month in a Paisley on a pole match. That's what I'm pulling <laughs> for. <laughs> I think uh, I think they should do the uh, the Caribou Hoof from Hell match. <laughs> oh, well, uh, what do you what do you think of Kiwi in his in his gear? His gear is like a skirt type of number. Or? Yeah, it's kind of like a. It's almost like one of those. What do you call it? Like a tutu over his tights. Mm, right, right. I don't like it. He's not the worst in the ring. He he really isn't, and clearly he's got a little bit of charisma, but the character itself doesn't really do an awful lot for me. These two, I thought, put on a pretty good match. 
there were some real good spots. I mean, Elix Elix Kipper is a stud. The guy can absolutely go, but uh, it does it does WCW things towards the end. So that's, that's what, you could have a really lights out awesome opener, but we don't get it. I believe Kipper retains the title. Is that correct? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, again, it's 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 a math match that I think is worth watching at least until until they get into the finishing sequence. But uh, Elix gets a nice, uh, he's got a nice, great Nelson or a, a Nelson Plex. <laughs> great Nelson Plex. That was in my head. I obviously it's a full Nelson Plex. I wrote down Great Nelson Plex. And I was like, what the fuck's a Great Nelson? <laughs> a Great Nelson's got to be better than a full Nelson because it's a Great Nelson. Might oh, be a yeah. move out there for somebody. Yeah, somebody's got to come up with a Great Nelson. Well, you know who should. You should bring it to his attention. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. There's a pretty good uh, salt to the outside. He ends up hitting the, the cam. Elix does. Pretty awesome. Uh, eventually, you just get to a spot where the thrillers come out. Saunders hits uh, with a they, they, Shivani says that stickball bat or device. <laughs> a fucking stickball bat or device. A stickball device. Right. That was that was an odd choice. Come on, Tony. And then Elix gets the overdrive and wins it. I don't know. It's and then the 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 finisher too. For all that uh, Elix can do in the ring. For his amount of being able to fly, and for his speed and and athleticism, agility, all those things that he can do, that's a bad finishing move for him. What was the finisher? Overdrive. So it's Overdrive. essentially <clears throat> uh, your opponent's bent at the waist, and then you grab one of his arms. And then you take one of your legs and you put it over the back of his head like you're going to drop him for a Famouser. Oh. And then you spin him over. Yeah, it's it's not... Like I say, for him, it's just not a good... It's not a good finishing move for him. Mm. Does he come up with something better, do you recall? I don't recall. I'm hoping that we'll see something different as you know the rest of the season plays out here. Right. All right, well, winner and still champion, Elix Skipper. Next up, got the MIA taking on three count in a, what I've been told is a six-man elimination match. That's what they told you? That's what I was told, yeah. I don't know if that's how it plays out or not, but. Uh, so did you watch the event? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, no, that's, that's good. Oh, yeah. First thing, first thing about this that strikes you, anything jump out to you at all about this match? Yeah, are you gonna are you gonna take some shots at the camouflage again? Well, I hate the camouflage, but yeah, I mean, there's one thing that Lash- popped to me. Go ahead, go ahead, go. I, mean, oh, by all I was means. gonna say, Lashy Larue is wearing pants with two different colors of camouflage or two two different schemes. Yeah, that's different. That's one way so to go. That's not- that's not what that's not what gets you down though. No, but that is a versatile piece of camouflage. Like, um, oh, uh, this side of my body can be in the jungle, this side can be in the winter, right? This isn't forest, this isn't. That yeah, makes sense, I guess. Right. Yeah, that's uh, not bad. I I'm, I'm noticing three coats taking on somebody who isn't the young dragons. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> right. something. The wall, man, the wall. It seemed a little out of, pla- out of place to you? Yeah. They can't figure out what to do with him at all, can they? No, he's a much larger guy than the rest of the guys in this one. Right. I mean, he started out, but uh, he started out as being the suit wall, right? You got your suited wall. Right. He's kind of doing. He's kind of doing some some deeds for the new blood. And he goes from that to becoming his own man and wearing the leather and kind of being like a weird, a weird kind of knockoff of Diesel in a way. And do his match with uh, the Dougler. Gets franchised by the Dougler, and now he's an MIA guy. And this is all in a very short period of time. Right, right. I mean, they must have, Rusi must have just had a light bulb go off, like, this guy's name The Wall? <laughs> no, 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 no. Sergeant no. A-Wall, that's a military <laughs> no. term. Let's throw him in the misfits, right? <laughs> no, man, you said he had a light go off? Absolutely not. Rusi has lights that flicker <laughs> on and off. <laughs> so I was like, I got an idea. I got another idea. I got a new idea. I got an idea. I got an idea. I got an idea. And now Wall's in the MIA. He's got all sorts of ideas, man. Right. But you're right. Yeah, he's been going through some changes on a pretty consistent basis. He was this unstoppable force, and then, like you said, he got franchised and hasn't been the same. Is anybody really after just getting franchised? No. No, that's all. Oh, and then the other thing that uh, stood out to me in this match, Chavo looks jacked, man. Between the last time we saw him and now, he's looking pretty damn cut. Who are we talking about? Chavo. I'm sorry, Lieutenant oh, Loco. Loco, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, oh man, Chavo, way to go, man! You hit that hit that gym. Flex yeah, those he's nuts. looking good. Yeah, there's there's a lot of. You know, a lot of we're, we basically got five cruiserweights on the wall here, so there is a lot of high flying, flippy guy tandem maneuvers. It's yeah. a pretty cool double suplex that the three count does when all three of them suplex the oh. two guys in uh, the Misfits who aren't the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, three count's good, man. They, they. I mean, here, here's something that's kind of refreshing about WCW right now. And again, I'm probably like just scraping the bottom of the barrel for something. Lots of new guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that. New, new talented guys. Yeah. Of, of course, in the case of uh, a lot of these guys, you know, Mike Awesome, The Wall, the list goes on. They don't know what the fuck to do with them. But they're new guys. Right. Yeah, they are new uh, guys. Fresh faces. Fresh faces, sure. So the Misfits in action win this one. I don't got too much either. I know the wall goes through the table, which is a guarantee. Yeah. Pretty pretty desensitized to uh, MIA just in general, the I think. Tabling? Yeah. The table, everything. I mean, that's that was pretty much the spot of the match there was wall going through the table and uh Cajun wins with his move, but I, I fucking can't remember what the hell his move is called. 
It's a pretty good move. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I just don't remember it. The Raging Cajun. How about we call sure. it that? I like it. All right, next up, we got a spot backstage where we got <laughs> young whippersnapper looking for some autographs. His favorite guys, Kevin Nash, Double J, and Scott Steiner. He gets snubbed. How much money you got, kid? Kid goes, A buck fifty? A dollar, a dollar fifty? <laughs> Nash goes, Go get a soda. <laughs> what a jackass. Yeah, all of them. Next up, man, we got the Harris Boys taking on the Chronic Boys in what was originally scheduled to be a chain match. Yep, yep, it was. It was. That ain't enough for these guys. Not at all. So Crush, he comes out, he gets on the mic. They're still letting Crush and they're still letting <laughs> they're still Tuck <laughs> They're still letting him have the mic. <laughs> so he says, Keep the let's stick out of his hands, boys. Let's make this a first blood match. <laughs> that was pretty close to a Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> let's let the ladies, boys. Let's gonna make this a first blood match. <laughs> so the first first guy to get their head busted open loses. That all this yeah, that, that's how first blood match works. But can can I ask you? So this is stupid, right? This, we we can agree on that. This is dumb. Having him be like, huh. all right, it's, yeah, it's making a first, making a first blood chain match, like you saw, like when they said, like Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, mm. Can you tell me why this is dumb? Like you 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 know that it's not good, right? You know that it's dumb, but do you know why it's dumb? Um, how long you got? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a bike. It's a, didn't we just have a biker chain match? Like, Seems like we in, did. In, yeah, in the federation. I I don't know. So th- what? There's we got both guys are attached to the other guys. So we got one guy from each team, and there's two chains. They're attached by those two chains, right? Yep. In yep. pairs. And they're—I don't know—is that the stupid thing, or is there something about no, that? No, no. What what is stupid to me? One, it's already—it's—it's—it's it's, it's chain match, right? It's a chain match. And in the history of chain matches, I would—I would—I would be comfortable betting that more times than not, you see somebody busted open in a chain match. Very common. If you're in a feud that gets to the spot of a chain match, you're probably going to get to you know blood. So there should be blood in a, in a chain match. Pretty pretty standard, right? Why make it? Right. Why make it a first blood match? The first guy to bleed in this match lose because you're losing steam on the damn on the damn feud. So now it's not like you can't fight through the blood. You can't fight back from the adversity getting busted open. Oh my gosh. this Now it's, I got cut. It's over. So That's a it, good point. The, the concepts don't, they don't match up properly. So don't make mm. it a first blood or a first chain, first blood match. Cause that's silly. 
Have your chain match. Have everybody bleed buckets. Who gives a shit? But don't make it the first guy to bleed is over in a fucking chain match. That's why there's a first blood match, but then there's also a chain match. They're two different match concepts. And sometimes, like, they say it. They say it in this. You've never seen this before. And there's a reason. Because it's dumb. You shouldn't do it this way. Wrestling doesn't always have to make sense. But sometimes, when you see shit like this, it's a fair thing to say, this doesn't make sense. Mm. It doesn't have to be Did did you think when he was like, oh shit, they're going to make it a first blood chain match. Were you like, that makes this better in any way at all? I mean, it's supposed to add intrigue. I guess adding, that's what what Crush is saying. We're up in the ante here, but... Let me remind you, two shows in a row, Crush has gotten the mic. Last time, he needlessly challenged somebody to come after their tag titles, and they lost it. (laughs) This one, he decides to up the ante of a biker chain match to include, like you said, first blood stipulation, which you're expecting blood. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, there's... You know, a lot of hardcore action. I'm surprised this this could have easily been one of those cases where somebody got split open prematurely by accident because there was a lot of chain bashing to begin with. You know, yeah, there was a chain in the chair, and, and they're they're out in the fucking crowd. One they of the hair boys is starting to grow some hair. You see that? I didn't notice that. No. Oh yeah, not nothing real substantial, but he's got something up there. Well, that's good though. You know. Maybe he's got that, uh, what was that, 2000 hair club for men. He's trying, he's rocking that out. Oh, yeah. When they, when they were the Blue Brothers, they had some ferocious hair. When they were I on know. the outside, they uh, they worked to uh, spot on the announcer's table. And they knocked over snacks. Did you see that? <laughs> they knocked over. It was like a cup. It was like a cup of snacks, right? It wasn't a bowl like you would see. It was like a like a cup, like you can mm. you're you're in you're back in like the second grade and everybody gets a little cup of snacks. Oh, uh, <laughs> like, like a little Dixie cup. Yeah, it's <laughs> like who the fuck has a cup of snacks at the di- and it looked like it could have been like maybe it was like a waffle crisp maybe. <laughs> I was like it's <laughs> it's one of those motherfuckers eating dry cereal. During the- <laughs> I, if I, I don't know. It caught me off guard. I'm, tr- I'm watching this stupid goddamn first blood biker match, trying to figure out if it's Scott Hudson or Mark Madden who's eating dry cereal uh, like a fucking six year old while they're calling the pay per view. That's a high spot for you. Probably the best spot in the match. Most memorable for me for sure. Just because again, what fucking what announcer is, is eating snacks like a child? I would really like to, I'm a, between waffle crisps or potentially like a square cheese curd, potentially. Now, cheese curds would make sense. Mark Madden looks like a cheese curd man. For sure. He kind of almost looks like one big giant cheese curd. He does. He does. So I believe Chronic win this one. Yeah, it's it's not, there's really nothing in the match itself that was... Like, super good. There was a... They pulled the chains backwards through the legs of one of the Harris boys for a nard spot, which was that was pretty good. It was it was enjoyable enough. 
Crush gets, uh, or one of the Harris gets busted open, and then one of the other Harris's grabs like a barbed wire bat, hits one of the chronic guys, comes in, they bust Crush open. Ref, you know, kind of, Ref took a bump, comes to, he finds that Crush is uh, busted open, calls the match. And then Mark Madden starts freaking out like it's the fucking 91 World Series. Twins win! Twins win! Twins win! <laughs> it's too much, man. It was, it was, it was too much. Anyways, the Harris boys leave, and Chronic hits that poor schlep of a ref with the high times. It's over. Mm-hmm. Well, I get sent to the back. Yeah, the Misfits in action. They're back there with Pam. <laughs> oh, General Huge Erection. He's rocking that USA hat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got any you got anything memorable from what Rection had to say? Yeah, it was hard to watch this promo because he's Hugh Morris, right? Which is that was fine, that was who his character was, but it was kind of like a weird demented laughing guy. And then he changes to Hugh G Rection, which everybody can agree that's just a like a fun loving comedy act. Right. And now we're getting, like, serious I Love the USA rection, which is a weird rection to have. Like, I've never had that rection before. So he was talking about how, you know, for all the, all the lies that you've said about the United States, and all this is the, we're going to take major guns home, not to Canada, <laughs> to, to, to our country... <laughs> And he's like, I've been waiting so long to have this a personal level and a professional level. It's like, I can't take him serious at all, especially wearing that fucking cap. He looks like an out-of-place tourist overseas. It's a bad look. <laughs> it's bad. It's a, it's a really bad look. And then he says, I'm going to dedicate this match to my friend, my mentor, Hacksaw Tim Duggan. And then Hacksaw comes in tough. Oh! <laughs> go get the go get the United States title and bring Major Guns home where she belongs, tough guy. I don't know. Is that yeah, close man. to a Duggan? Is that a pretty good Duggan or a bad Duggan? That was all right. That was all right. Bring her back to where she belongs in the United States, tough guy. <laughs> Probably getting worse. <laughs> I get what you're saying, though. The Misfits in action, they're supposed to be this goofy comedy act. Yeah. Guy's name's fucking Huge Erection, for Christ's sakes, and he's he's delivering this serious promo. Yeah. Speaking of serious promo, you know who that does work for, though? Your main man. And <laughs> one true love this season, Lance yes. Storm. You're so good. He's I good. love so... This was might have been the only reason why I would have ever tuned in for these nitros because I remember them like here and there, but I remember loving Landstorm and I remember this. If I can be serious for a minute, those fucking <laughs> promos are so good. They're very funny. Yeah, if you recall last time we had a show in British Columbia, so he was on his home turf and he was uh he was the favorite. Kind of a cool dynamic. So he's out he's out first with major guns. Again, she doesn't look happy to be there. <laughs> the caribou hoof. 
And Lance has defended his Canadian championship against General Hugh Rection. Oh, fucking, they missed a big a big opportunity, I think, at the beginning of this. Lance Storm cuts his promo, you know, how much he loves Canada and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they play the Canadian National Anthem. Awesome tune, right? They they really got a banger of a National Anthem. It's a classic. But you're in the States. You're trying to make this a USA versus Canada thing, which obviously is they're trying to get some of the steam of what they did, uh, Bret Hart and the Federation towards the tail end of his run of the Federation, getting you know USA versus Canada stuff. They're not capturing it the same way. Or nearly as well, obviously. But they didn't have they didn't have huge erection interrupt the national anthem. That's a miss. That probably should have happened. And you know what they interrupt it with? What they should have interrupted with? The Duggan team? No. That's that's not a bad idea though. I like that. I like that you're thinking. They they interrupt it with the American National Anthem, the United States National Anthem. That's oh, what they interrupt it with. You know what I mean? That makes there sense, right? Because if you got, and obviously Buffalo is right next to Canada, right? It's a stone's throw. So there's probably a fair, you know, amount of audience there because we have eight thousand there. Yep, yep. I would, I, I would bet maybe, you know, twenty percent are Canadian. I would guess because Buffalo's like, they're right next to each other, so. You interrupt it, but like you interrupt with the national anthem of the states. Really draw a line in the sand, right? Right, right. Not have him come out like he's on he's on a fucking tour. <laughs> it looks like he's on a like it looks like he's on a like a Caribbean cruise. <laughs> like he's got his relaxed clothes on. He's got his suntan and hat on. <laughs> I love USA. Right, I love USA now. <laughs> Bring me another round of frozen margs, bar monkey. That's <laughs> so what it looks like. It looks like. He just looks like a miserable tourist. So these guys got a little bit of a, a little bit of a feud going, you could say. Probably even more than a little bit of a feud. And there was some good action, which you're going to get with these two guys. Always with Lance Storm. We mentioned last time, Hugh G, he's a big guy, flies around, got some good spots. But before we get underway, we get Hacksaw Duggan coming out there with the American flag, and he's got his referee shirt on. So I guess he's making himself the uh, Slick Johnson sidekick. Yeah, I think they mentioned that in the promo, that he's going to be like the special guest outside ring enforcer guy. Oh right. Oh, and uh, Duggan still getting the still getting the pop. Yeah, it always, always, always. Well, Lance Storm gets the advantage early on. Real good wrestler, Lance Storm. As we've probably mentioned that, but if oh, not, yeah. uh, there it is again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet oh, take, bro. He he gave away the cruiserweight title, so he's got the United States title. Does he still got the hardcore title? I think so. I, I'm I'm just not positive. He might not. He was really just running roughshod over the whole company at this time. You know, and they put all those belts on Lex. Remember when Lex had all the belts? 
Yeah, it was terrible. It was like a black hole. Right. But like Lance Storm having all the belts is awesome. It is. It is. It is a nice thing he did for young Elix Skipper coming straight out the power plant. Gives him a cruiserweight title. That is a nice, nice gesture. He's a good man. So you got some got some high spots you want to get to here? Uh there a couple spots that I I really liked, I guess. One was Lance Storm hits a crossbody to the outside. Mm. And it's funny when you watch when you watch somebody as good as he is, like even something as simple as a, like a crossbody, you go, Wow, that's really good. Because we've seen a ton of crossbodies, even a ton of crossbodies to the outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the way that he moves is is just so clean. It's it's so crisp. It's it's just refreshing to see a uh, performer of his caliber uh, and what has otherwise been a you know a punch bowl of shit. So just watching it, I just a lot of appreciation for it. Simple things, man. He throws a he throws the crescent kick, right? It's just one of his moves. He's always throwing it. But when he throws it, it just looks better. Like watching it, he just does things better. Right. Simple shit. He just does better and it makes it look better. And it's funny because you watch a guy put on a headlock. And you're like, oh, there's a headlock. Right? Anybody. Huge erection could have put on the headlock. And you're like, oh, there's another headlock. Lance Storm does it. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> look at the way he fucking puts on that headlock. Dude, you see that fucking headlock? Right. That's what it's like. <laughs> I want to sit down and just watch more Landstorm now and be like, bro, 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 dude, look, bro. Drop toe hold. What the fuck? <laughs> Mind blown by a Landstorm drop toe hold. He just makes everything look great, which is, I mean, there's, there's a lot of talented wrestlers, right? A lot of talented wrestlers. A lot of guys that I love. Right. But Lance, Lance Storm makes things look better. Everything he does just mm-hmm. seems to look a little bit better than anybody else. And I don't know, I don't know if it's because we're watching such horrible shit surrounding Lance Storm, and that's what makes him look that much better. I'm inclined to say that he is just that amazing. You know, it's like the uh, the ugly ugly friend rule you know that the chicks they have x amount of ugly friends so when they go out they look that much better that's the you've thing heard, huh? you've, you've heard this theory before of course i've i've, I've heard the theory yeah right so you, you're familiar with the theory and i'm just trying to think is that is that what's going on here like he's out with all his, his ugly lady friends so he's looking that much better i don't think it is though i think that even if you put him with a bunch of other really good looking friends you still want to bone him you think he's the one you're taking home? I, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm not going to take home Duggan or Hugh Direction, I'll tell you that. That's what I'm saying. But uh, Duggan, I'll give it to Duggan. He oh, gets, you uh, will. He, <laughs> 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 we got to. He's such a patriot, man. He right. the US, oh, I got you. USA chant going out. Yeah. Well, I guess I won't even have to ask Doug and would you then, because we already know the answer. <laughs> but yeah, I get what you're saying though, and a, a decent worker like Rection here as a uh, makes him look 
real good working with Lance Storm. Like, this looks like a really good wrestling match. Until what happens at the end, maybe they could have done this a little better. It just kind of seemed, you know, of course it's blasphemous. I'll tell I'll tell you what's what happened here. Uh, unless you got good, something good before idea. the finish. No, man, we, we, can, no. we can go right to the, we can get to the finish. I'm fine with that. So, Hacksaw Duggan, he gets up on the, gets up on the apron, and it's a pretty awkward looking setup to the spot here, but he ends up whacking huge erection with the two before, and the announcers just can't believe their eyes. Lance He's Storm. thrown away 20 years of flying the red, white, and blue. He's flushed it down the toilets. Mm-hmm. 20 years, man, down the drain. Yeah, that's not that big of a deal. So Lance Storm ends up getting the victory with the half crab. Is that called the maple leaf? Is that what he calls that? Yeah, I think so. I believe he calls it the Canadian maple leaf. I'm not, I'm not positive. I don't remember, but I, I, that sounds right to me. It looks like Major Guns is going to be stuck with Team Canada, and she is not pleased. It is um, clearly done to get some cheap heat. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things where I think they're 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 grasping so hard at straws where it's like, what could we do? Like, let's figure out what else we could possibly do. And one of the things that they decide is to take, you know, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, you know, Mr. USA and turn his back on the States and join Team Canada. And that's I don't think it's a good move. But they did it. I, I don't have much for it. And then all the MAIA guys come running down, and he just starts clearing them out with the 2 by 4 And Mark Madden says something to like the effect of, this proves that Canada's better. This pr-, and like, First of all, that's a real subjective take, dumbass. Second of all, it proves that one man with a 2 by 4 can wipe out all of the MIA, which doesn't do anything for the MIA either. So it was... No. It was, you would think that Duggan turning would be more impactful, but I, for me at least, it really didn't seem very impactful. Mm. Duggan could have been a little more stealthy about it too, because when you you see him creeping up on the on the apron, you could see it coming. Right. Yeah. He's, it was he's going. He's going for that huge direction. And he just, you're right. He takes them all out. They look pretty weak. Well, next up, yeah, me and Gene Okerlund in the back. And he's not taking no shit from these natural born kids. <laughs> I fucking love this Gene Okerlund. This fucking <laughs> giant nuts Gene Okerlund is awesome. I wish he was like this his entire career because that was, this interview with him is hilarious. <laughs> it's like the, it kind of seems like they just said, we don't care, Gene, just say whatever the fuck you want. And he does. He's about half the size of any one of these guys, but he yeah. he, he doesn't doesn't hold anything back. He tells he tells San, uh, this Mike Sanders is that his name Mike Sanders? Mike Sanders, yeah, he calls yeah, him a prick. He's, he's got a real generic name. This guy who talks yeah. most of the time, Mike Sanders, calls him a prick. Calls your guy O'Hare a piss ant. So little, yeah. Tells him to blow it out their ass. Yeah, he calls he calls uh, Sanders a prick. Because he does that, uh, he does the uh, an impression of Conan 
And then I think it's O'Hare that grabs him. And he calls O'Hare a piss ant. <laughs> and he says, or he calls somebody a piss ant. And he says, oh, blow it out your ass. I'm like, hell yeah, Gene. Fucking get some prick piss ant and blow it out your ass. That's a trifecta, man. Let Gene run, man. Let Gene run. Next up, we got the Filthy Animals taking on the Natural Born Thrillers in what I am told again is an elimination match. That first six-man tag was a one fall to the finish. Yeah. But this one's being set up like it's uh, essentially a Survivor Series match, but there's loads of confusion here about who's in and who's not. Right. You get the Filthy showing in the back, and they got a secret guy under a towel. You have any guesses about that? If you if you did, you were probably wrong. <laughs> Unless you saw it. I mean, we are covering it twenty some years later. <laughs> what do you think? So, Conan obviously they make it to the ramp, and and Conan starts cutting his promo. You know, Odile uh, or the Reeve of her laser. You know, Rita, Rita Rudner and all that. And so <laughs> he starts using a slang that doesn't make any sense. And he's no, like, no, wait, wait, though, wait, though, wait, wait, though. Calling okay. him, cra- calling him cranberries. Kind of funny, right? Is it because they linger? Could be. Could be. Yeah. Okay. And he now does the- make a couple funny remarks. Like, uh, and now the, the best, the best part, man, the best part, he says, he says, hey, what do you think about this hat? You want to t- touch it? That's enough. <laughs> so good, man. You like that. That made me laugh so hard. What you I touch thought that was junk. It, it, you know, the first time I heard him do it this, this season, <laughs> I was like, this sucks. All right, I've had enough of it. But then when he goes to, he's, you know, he goes back and he's doing his, uh, uh, Reba Razors and then he's, he's just calling everybody a strawberry says, touch it that's enough <laughs> that's fucking crazy man you don't want to say that like every day now like the rest of your life you don't want to be talking to you know your significant other and be like hey you want to touch it that's enough it's <laughs> fucking awesome man I'll you don't try think it's it that out. good? Yeah, try it out, man. I didn't Next like time, hearing it. Just, yeah, when you're feeling doubtful and you whip it out, it's like, well, touch it. Touch it. Go ahead, st- touch it, cranberry. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, enough. It's so, but it's cool, right? Isn't it cool? Like, that's like, I don't know. That's enough. That's enough. That's Go enough. Ahead. Touch it. That's, a- that's enough. <laughs> You're not giving them time to actually touch it, right? They're like, I want to, I want to touch it more. You can't touch it anymore. That's, <laughs> That's enough. enough. <laughs> <laughs> right? So now he's awesome again. Conan kicks ass again. He's back to being awesome. He's Cholo Supreme Conan. He comes out. Odile! Oregon Verlazus! That's enough. 
I know all you cranberries and strawberries be talking about your st- strawberry and picking apples. That's a no. Yo, you you like this hat? You want to touch it? That's, That's a no. A no. <laughs> it's so fucking good, man. It's so good. I think it's underrated. I, I think I think that they should have showcased Conan more during this time. They 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 might still be in business. Unless he was like, all you all you strawberries and cranberries want to be tuning in. Uh, WCW Nitro, go ahead and watch me. Go ahead, watch me. That's a no. <laughs> then they changed the channel. Away business, right? right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough is awesome. <laughs> I am back full on the Cholo train. I, I hated it at first, but. You know, <laughs> are, you, uh, are you starting to appreciate the particular genius of that's enough? I mean, repeat listens. It's, it's kind of uh, <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna start using it. See how it goes. I, I don't know what a cranberry or a strawberry is outside of like you know a tasty fruit, but outside we know a berry, right? Because berries aren't necessarily. Well, let's not get into that conversation. But you want to talk about berries and <laughs> strawberries and cranberries? That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> you beat me to it, man. I would have done that's enough for you and you that's enough to me. <laughs> I think that's going to be a recurring uh, thing here, probably moving forward on the show. <laughs> You're probably gonna, we're probably going to play that right to the fucking ground. I'm sure. So we got uh, Cohen and the Cholo. We've got Disco, Hoovy, Big Vito, and Ray. So I think this is, it's like, uh, what do you got, like a five-on-five or six-on-six? Wait a second, we didn't didn't even get to the big reveal. Oh, shit. (laughs) We're talking too much about cranberries and strawberries (laughs) and people touching it. That's enough. (laughs) The one part that I did, so like, this promo by Conan brought me back to Conan, right? Brought me back into Cholo Love. What, you got something? You could give me... That's enough! <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Good to see. We got about 7 o'clock central time here. You could give me until midnight, so five hours, of guessing wrestlers. Without hints, yeah. I would not right. have guessed who this special guest was. You're right. You give me a hint, sure. Probably, yeah. I'm guessing nobody in the fucking audience knows who it is either. No, no. So why don't why don't you give us the big reveal here, and then we'll 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 get it get into it, man. So the thing that uh, made me that was, that was the only disappointing part about this promo was he says, "Say hello to my little friend." Again, another fucking you know reference. I was like, enough with the little friend stuff, but. They take the that's uh, enough. That's enough. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and you thought it was dumb. It's not dumb at all. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I know it is. So I like when he said it, but now that I'm saying it. It makes you feel good when you say it. <laughs> it does make you feel good. You're right. It's like empowering. 
That's what they should have started the women's revolution with. <laughs> oh, man. So we got somebody under the towel. Who could it be? I mean, Holster's been missing lately. Flair's been missing. Maybe it's a defector, but probably not because the company's in the tubes. Maybe it's Bret Hart. Perhaps. Maybe it's DDP. Maybe it's Lex Luger. No, it's uh, wonderful. Huh? It must be pretty wonderful. <laughs> you remember that? You don't remember that old wonderful theme song? Nah, man. All right, then never mind. Uh, it's fucking Mr. Wonderful. Paul Orndorff. Paul Orndorff. Yeah. He don't, uh, and you know what? Outside I didn't of his see bum, that coming. Like I said, you could, you could give me five hours and I wouldn't have guessed him. Outside of his bum arm. He actually looks pretty decent. He looks old. Doesn't look like he did back in the day. To my point, I don't know if anybody's going to know who this guy is. Right. Or was he a big deal? It was kind Mr. of a big deal back. Mr. Then, Wonderful right? was a very big deal. Yeah. Why is he not wearing his Mr. Wonderful robe? At least that would tell you who he is. Because they're trying to do the reveal that blow the fucking reveal. If they're walking in and he's got a big robe and on the back of it it says Wonderful. I think people might have understood that it was Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. Well, okay, but once he's revealed, right. he just looks like an old guy with like real bright green trunks. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. He looks okay in the ring, though. Not as good as my guy, Disco. Oh, you're fucking out of your mind. What do you think of Disco's new gear? He's got the hockey uniform, the tennis shoes, styling, profiling. He's just wearing, a, like, a filthy animal's jersey is all he's wearing. Right. It's like a yeah, hockey looks, jersey. Nah, Takes he, it off about halfway through the match to re- reveal his physique. He looks like a fucking dolt. He sucks. Man, take it easy on my boy over there. No. Why don't why do you hate my guy so much, man? I feel like you're setting me up for a that's enough. <laughs> and I'm not walking into it, alright? Disco sucks. <laughs> Okay, you got me. <laughs> you weren't setting me up. <laughs> I'll, 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 get, I'll get you again. Don't worry. Oh, I'll get you. So speaking of my guy Disco, he ends up hitting the Cholo, his, his, his buddy with the damn stunner. This is the second time that he's hit one of his filthy animal guys with his finishing maneuver. Yeah. That's Cholo's, not acceptable. It's unacceptable. You're absolutely right. That's That's awesome. Great job, Disco. Eliminating your own guys. They've been holding them back, man. Yeah. What? You even said yourself when he was disco, fine. When he was actually doing the disco thing, they've been trying to fucking change him, man. No. Uh, no. They don't want him there. It's a, he's a charity case. <laughs> They're lucky to have him, man. Yeah, so so lucky that nobody wants to tag him anymore, so he gets his ass beat. That's because they 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 fear that if they get involved, Disco's gonna 
accidentally stun them. They don't want that. Maybe Disco needs to get his eyes checked. Okay, that would be accurate because, I mean, all he has to do is look at himself. Oh, this is ridiculous. I mean, him looking at the mirror at himself going, that's a no. (laughs) (laughs) So this might be all for Disco with the Filthies. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice little reunion with Big Vito, though, right? Yeah. Remember those good times back in the day when Vito and Johnny the Bull shoved Disco in the, shoved him in the body bag, and then yeah. took him out of the body bag and put him in the trunk. Yep, those were more complicated times. It does appear this isn't an elimination match, though. It is, yeah. And I mean, obviously, we said Conan gets. Uh, Conan gets the stunner and he's gone. No one takes Disco and Disco's gone. Reno actually eliminates Disco. Vito with the uh, the old bat and misses, and then he eats a kendo and he's gone. It, it's yeah, it's all rough, but it does take a turn for the better when Mister Wonderful gets in the ring. Did he look a lot better than you thought he would? To start, to start. Right, right. When I was saying he looked like a, you know, like an old guy, he does, right? His face looks like a raggedy old man, but once he got in the ring, he hit his holds. They were good. He did that sweet, ass, that sweet ass elbow drop that he does. That was awesome. Oh, that, that fucking, where he's shimmying yeah. and <laughs> she moving all around, looking like, looking all ridiculous, and he drops the elbow. Yeah, awesome. Let's take he this looks... back a second. Sure. Ah. <sighs> Why do you suppose Mr. Wonderful ends up with the filthy animals? So they say on commentary that it's a one-shot deal. And uh, he's there because he was the head trainer at the power plant, and all the thrillers are power planters. So he wants to get them some of his... uh, Former students, yeah. Some of their ass. What he's looking for? Yeah, let's get some of their ass. Oh, he gets a little ass. He gets a little bit of ass, sure. I mean, he does. He he delivers a pile driver. Johnny the Bull's gone. Now it does take a little bit of a turn because he just a little, yeah. He does pile drive Jindrak and becomes uh, kind of kills himself. Yeah. Now this is the part that bugged the shit out of me. Like I like seeing Paul Orndorff in the ring. He looked, I guess, he looks a lot better than I thought he would up until that pile driver. He hits that fucking pile driver. Stop the goddamn match. They're still like wrestling around his body, and he can't move. That well, is that, that was fucking legit. You think it was legit? It was uh, okay. So stop the fucking match. Stop trying to wrestle around him. He's not moving. He's not moving. Get out of the ring. Stop doing moves around. Like that that part bothered me so much. And this is, I mean, 20, 20 some odd years later, I was still pissed off because we're talking about like the health and safety of the fuck the Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. He's and you're still these guys at the power plant. What are you going to do right. without him? Right, and now they're like trying like Ray is jumping over him and shit. That pissed me off until finally they just they, yeah they they threw up the X and they're like yeah this is this is over we're done with this. It's like what the fuck took you so long? 
Why did why did it take you so fucking long? Because there's like seven or eight more guys to be eliminated, man. Doesn't matter. The man can't move in the ring. He can't move. Mark there's, Grant had there's... a pretty good line, though. What did he say? So he says if it comes down to a six-on-one with uh, Tigris taking on the uh, primetime players, wouldn't be the first time she's had a six-on-one. That's not bad. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He pulls no punches, they say. But so you're pretty disgusted that they continued on. Very I was, much so. I, I after last month's bullshit, I did not know if that was legit or not. Right. Yeah, because the lines are too far blurred. Right. Right. So I guess Rusi is succeeded. I didn't know if that was real or not. Apparently it was real. But, yeah, yeah I thought it was kind of humorous, them kind of jumping around Polly, but knowing that he was actually down for the count now, I guess it wasn't uh, wasn't a laughing matter. Uh, not a good situation. It, it Like I say, it kind of it kind of pissed me off just, just watching it. It's like, man, this is like, and all the guys in the ring know better. That's the other thing. Everybody knows better. And the referee, the referee needs to get his head out of his ass, throw the X up as soon as that motherfucker can't move, and just tell everybody else in the ring, that's enough. Right. Let me ask you this. When Dave Penzer gets on the gets on the mic and says, you know, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff is out of commission, we gotta stop the match. You think a lot of the audience that's like, oh, that's Mr. Wonderful at the end of the match? I don't know, maybe. Did they even announce the guy? Well, I don't know if they did. Because he's not doing himself any favors. And again, this might come back to the uh, Hydna's identity, but with that damn fucking bright, bright green trunks, you can't really make out the Mr. Wonderful. It doesn't really pop. Right. That's a good point. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm I I'm I'm I gotta apologize to Mr. Wonderful. I'm probably not giving him the credit he deserves. He did headline WrestleMania one, right? Yeah. I mean there's that. And you know what else? About a year ago, year and a half ago he died. So moment of silence, oh, Mr. Wonderful, Paul right. Orndorff. Yeah, absolutely. Moment of silence. Let's give him a wonderful moment of silence. Moment of silence. Moment of silence. Mr. Mr. Wonderful. That's enough. That thing is that is going to be driven into the <laughs> into the mat. <laughs> nice touch. Thanks, babe. Well, next up, after Mr. Wonderful gets lugged out of there on a stretcher, we get Kidman and Medusa in the back with Paula. Pam. Why am I calling her Paula? No idea. <laughs> you sure it's not, not a different gal? No, you said it pretty confident, too. He's in the back with Paula. <laughs> but her name's Pam. <laughs> but Kidman, he's not a good talker. He gets on the mic, says regards to Orndorff. He says he imagines 
He says, imagine what Medusa's going to do to that bitch. He's talking about Tori. And then Medusa sweeps in, and she's pissed. She is pissed. She's all fired up, and she also says, that bitch. <laughs> oh. Goes, French, a bastard. Oh, France, you bastard. <laughs> Tori, you bitch. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Oh, they talk about throwing their opponents off of the top of this 20-foot scaffold. Oh, Which yeah. brings us to our next match. This is the first one we covered of uh, of this variety. A scaffold a match? scaffold match, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, it is. Oh, Franchi and Tori are taking on Kidman and Medusa. Well, French. The French, Franchler? I was going to call him the Franchler. Franchler sure. comes out. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, might as well, yeah. Who's going to tell me I can't? So Franchler comes out, and he cuts a promo, and he says, that's a fact, three times. He also calls him a jackass. That's a fact, jackass. Three times. Stop it with your facts, man. That's enough. And then we get, uh, everybody gets on the scaffold, and I do, I do kind of like the way they rigged this up. It's kind of a cool scaffold. You know what I mean? They get on this platform and they raise it up. It doesn't look super stable, but they start raising it up, and they're, it's like they raised it up about five feet, stopped, and Franchler was like, no, up, up, bring it up, get it up, bring it up. So they raise it up a little bit more, and then they stop again. It's like, what's going Raise it up! And I'm watching it just going, would you just raise the fucking, just get the goddamn thing where it needs to be in the air. Just raise the fucker. Get it up there. Hmm. So they get it up there. And then the weird thing to me while watching this thing that stuck out just right away was they raised the scaffolding up. And again, I thought it was a cool, it was a, it was a cool way to do a scaffold match, like to set it up. But they immediately put ladders attached to the scaffold on both sides. And in my mind, I was going, okay, well, that doesn't make any sense because the way you win it is to toss your opponent off the scaffold, right? That's how you win. I was not and certain it, about how you win. And if you if you can raise it, why wouldn't you lower it for the winners to get down? Right? Good point. So that obviously told me right away there's going to be some ladder, some funny business with the ladders, which... You know, there was. The announced team talks about Medusa's jugs quite a bit in this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, with, with good reason, I suppose. I've only seen two other scaffold matches. There hasn't been a lot more than that for good reason. Right. This might actually be the best scaffold match I've seen. That's not saying much because these are generally terrible. Yeah, but- they're really bad gimmick matches. The Franchi and the and the Kidman they throw all sorts of spots on that thing though, which you don't typically see in a scaffold match. Uh and it's pretty I mean it's pretty dangerous, obviously. Yeah, suckers like it's probably thirty feet long by maybe six or seven feet wide, so there's like just barely enough you gotta have a lot of trust in your in your partner pulling off these moves because they got they're doing power bombs and suplexes, back body drops, the whole bit. Right. So I appreciated that. Like I said, I thought this was just going to be all terrible, but it was nice to 
Nice to get some action up there. Yeah. We got I was I was unclear about how you win this match actually. Because I thought that they said something about like if you make it to the other to the other team's side and climb down you win. Really? I thought I heard that. I thought that's hmm. why uh uh fucking Tori was sneaking her way over there. Interesting. Uh anyways, that's not how it goes. No. These folks battle for a while. Um Kidman and Jugs, they try to get the crowd into it early on. Which they got they got into it a little bit. A little bit, yeah. It's definitely un- an unusual sort of contraption. This thing's over the entryway and not over the ring. Yeah. Which is probably for the best. Absolutely. So, French, the Duggler, locks on an STF as Tori talks some trash to her former Tang Break partner. So she crawls across the other end like I was talking about, and Medusa gets over to the ladder going down the other side. So that's my question is why the fuck are they, like, trying to get down the ladder if that's yeah. not the way that you win, you know? That's a good point. But, but then, uh, I mean, but then Franny kicks Medusa off the ladder. I bet Oklahoma liked that spot. I'm sure he was a big fan. But well, you wouldn't want her to come off the ladder. because no, then, then you lose. Would- Right. More just mass confusion in WCW. That was my question after she got tossed off. So she's, yeah, French gets her thrown off. Does she win? No. Well, and she got over, like, it was so weird, too, because she got over there, and she was, like, standing on the ladder for, uh, for enough time for you to notice that it was awkward that she was just standing over on the ladder. And she did get, like, a Nard's plow. And she yeah, also she got, got a, a plow in. She got a plow in. She also got a Nard's claw in. So that was, you know, that was not bad. But then finally, you know, French knocks her off the ladder and away she goes. And that just kind of breaks down into Kidman and, and French on the ladder doing their doing their bit. Tori hits a plow on Kidman, who's then thrown off the scaffold. And Tori and the Duggler win the match. Yeah. Fran wasn't really. shirt off and. Jubilation. Wasn't the... I don't necessarily... I don't like these type of gimmick matches. But as far as like a scaffold match, I think you're right. I think it was probably one of the better scaffold matches. Which is weird to say that anything WCW at this time is one of the better ones. But a scaffold match is a, is a horrible concept to begin with. It's not an entertaining match generally. So uh, you're right. This might be one of the better scaffold matches that uh, is out there. Next up, we get Mean Gene in the back with the Stinger. The Stinger is in a three-way dance with the Dark Carnival tonight, and he's got a world title shot tomorrow. He's screaming about what he's going to do, and then Double J shows up, gives him the beat down. Oakland calls him a crazy bastard. Double J asks Mean Gene who he thinks he's talking to. So like I said, maybe since Gene got involved in these matches, he's got... You know, he's he's got more courage to stand yeah. up to these guys. Good for him. But uh, 
So Double J says that he, in fact, is going to be the guy who gets the title shot tomorrow as he disappears off camera. <laughs> Next up is either either the best spot of the show or the worst spot of the show. <laughs> I, I thought this was terrible, and then like right. I watched it again, and I laughed really hard. It is. It's. Uh, you. It's a fair point. You're right, but this is not a pay per view. Like, this is a thunder segment. Right. This is a this is a thunder segment. This is an end of hour one of Nitro segment. This is not you wasted pay per view time on this segment. With that being said, fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was when when he offers Mean Gene some some pizza or not Mean it's uh, Tanae when he offers like Tanae yeah. s- some pizza. Hilarious when he offers up a cigarette even though he doesn't smoke. <laughs> fucking hilarious. The, you can't get the smoke lit. Yeah. So what we have here is Mike Tanay shows up to David Flair's house. David Flair answers in his underpants. <laughs> I was wondering where Mike Tanay was. I guess he's he's out on the road doing these kind of spots. Uh, Tanay reminds him that he was left at the altar by Stacy and that he's not the father of her kid. So Tanay right, wants, he... wants to know what that feels like. And he doesn't respond in jubilation. Right, yeah, like I, part of me was hoping it was going to be like one of those uh, Maury segments. But <laughs> today was like, right. "You are not the father." And David was like, "I fucking told you so. I told you I wasn't the father. That ain't my baby. That ain't my baby. That ain't my baby. That ain't my baby. I ain't the baby daddy. Right? That ain't my baby. Slut, hoe, bitch. Ain't my baby. Right? I was hoping I was going to get that." <laughs> But it was not. He was he was a little bit uh, upset. It seemed like. So uh, we wonder who the father of the baby might be. David rushes to the window a few times to look outside because <laughs> 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 he thinks the father might be out there. And then, uh, so today asks him who he might think it could be. David thinks he solved the. He thinks he solved it. <laughs> He thinks it what he thinks it was his younger brother Reed. Like <laughs> <laughs> today reminds him that Reed is eleven years old at this time. And if it is, he should get a trophy. <laughs> I laughed real hard at that, at that point. Um it's a very unusual interview here. Uh very today, unusual. Uh <laughs> David checks the window again and then he storms out the door going after the mailman. He clotheslines the fucking mailman in the front yard, slaps a figure four on him while yelling, are you the father, Adam? The fucking best part is the mailman is like, it's like uh, walking, up the, walking up the front yard. He's like, oh, hey, David. <laughs> David just fucking levels him, figure four. Are you the father? Are you the father? <laughs> And then, still just in his underpants, and okay, he's got a t-shirt, but clearly underpants, he just starts running down the street. (laughs) He's running away from his problems. (laughs) (laughs) Good for a laugh. Oh, yeah. No, it was was an extremely funny segment, but not, like, don't have it on a pay-per-view. Like, I, I got a kick out of it. I thought it was very funny. 
just not pay-per-view. It's just not pay-per-view quality. I take that back. It's pay-per-view. It's super funny. Super funny. Very entertaining. It's just not the type of thing that you want to see on your pay-per-view. It was very unusual, but you're right. I mean... I, I I enjoyed it. I I laughed. Like I said, the first time I seen it, I didn't I didn't dig it. But I mean, next up here we got we got a three way, which is for the most part a handicap match, but it gets a little more complicated as we as we go along here. Where Sting is taking on the Great Muta, Muta, and, and Vampiro, 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 Vampiro. So the uh, the ICP, I'm saying Clown Bossy, the clowns, uh, the rapping clowns, they're accompanying Vampiro down there, who's wearing a belt, which I got to believe is the Juggalo Championship belt. Yeah, and who gives a flying fuck? I mean, it's a good plug for the JCW, but nobody's watching this shit, so who cares? Right. Nobody, uh, uh, man, I'm not. They're okay in the booth, though. You like them in the booth? They're, re- they're wrestling fans, man. They know what they know what they're doing in there. Ah. They call the Great Muta, the Great Moolah, the Grand Poobah, the what else they call him here? They call him the Great Poop Butt. Yeah, great. They said, yes. yeah, they sound great in the booth. You just <laughs> said that they're good in the booth, and then you said they called Muta, while praising them, you said they called Muta the great poop butt. And you're praising them. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's enough. <laughs> so Vamp has got a new kind of face paint yet again. You don't like that great poop butt. You don't think that's a good touch? <laughs> no, man. It's not. Okay. It's not. Um, they accuse Great Muta being from Iowa, which is weird. That's where that's where Sonny Ono lives. That's where he resides, yeah. Know that know that for a for a fact. Vampies, it's a big clothesline from the top. And Muta, he gets a moonsault. Vamp breaks it up because he wants the win. And then the stinger gets a bat and goes to town on everybody. This is basically a handicap match for the most part. Yeah. Even the ICP gets involved. They all get the they all get the bat. And then what appears to be the dissolution of the dark the dissolution of the, the dark carnival as the great Muta. Gets helped out by the stinger at the end after taking a scorpion death drop and a and a loss. Because the rest of the carnival want to give it to him. Yeah, give it to him. So this should have probably been better than it was. This is like the culmination of the brothers in paint here, right? Yeah. You throw it in really the game and you got a four way dance. Should have headlined the damn show. Accurate. You got anything, or should we move on to? I, I really don't. I don't care for the ICP. I don't like their involvement. I didn't think. I didn't think that they were fucking genius in the booth that I did because they said poop butt. Uh, it what was about bad. The, what about the great moolah? 
The Grand Poobah. No, man. Don't like any of them? No, no. It's all bad. So, I think Stinger saving Muta was a nice touch, but for the most part, just I could have gone without it. Next up, we got Mike Awesome. He's in the back. There's some decent material here, actually. So he's been given this that 70s guy gimmick. So he comes out of this fucking shagging wagon van, talks to talks to Pam. Not Paula, it's Pam, right? It's Pam, yeah. Okay. It's Pam. So he calls her Double P, and he tries to get her in the back of the wagon for some shagging right away, and she declines. And then fucking Gary Coleman emerges from the, the shagging wagon. So I'm thinking... Freeway dance? Is that what he had in mind? Hmm. Right? Hmm. So you're thinking I mean, old You're thinking G G C and M A are uh, gonna invite old P onto the V and they're gonna put her on rotisserie. Well, I mean Mike invited her. He's like, Hey, let's go here make some whoopee. I think that's what he actually said. He said whoopee? Yeah. Oh, that's enough. That's enough. (laughs) So the announce team then talks about Pam's jugs for a while. They're just they're just throwing it out there. Uh so awesome. Who's that seventies guy these days? Double J. Is his opponent in this next one? It's a bunkhouse brawl. Double J comes out with a Frankie Whitecheck jersey. Does a pretty good job with the the crowd work here. Is a now bad guy. I don't think he does. And I'm a big I'm a I'm a big Double J guy. You know that about me. But his go to was the Chiefs local sports team. Like that was his that was his move. The Bills are in the audience, man. I know that, and they're in fucking Buffalo. I get it, but that's why you do it. I know that's why he did it, but I think he's better than that. That's the cheapest of the cheap heat. He's from Tennessee. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity you get to bring up the the, the Music City Miracle that that they. So Music City Miracle, controversial play in which uh, Frankie Wycheck threw a alleged lateral across the field, and uh, Tennessee Titans scored an upset victory over the, the Bills. Playoffs. Right, the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what the play is. For anybody that doesn't know, it's a, some good insight, I guess. But uh, I guess I wasn't factoring the fact that he he was a, he's a Tennessee man. I didn't I didn't think about oh, that too much. So right. maybe he won. I still don't care for it, but I, I'm I'm giving it a pass now that you, you mentioned that. So he says the chosen one can't help that Buffalo Bills sucks ass. Now, do you suppose he came up with that, or you think that was a Rusi? Because I'm thinking all that ass eating that was probably a Rusi. Yeah, it could be a Rusi. Uh, yeah. He talks about Scott Norwide. It's kind of clever, Jim Kelly. Right. But then he's pulling like, yeah, what was that? Ten years earlier that that was that shit was going on. So, I, yeah, I'm back to not liking it again. Yeah. So, after doing this crowd work for a few minutes, he says that he didn't come out here to tell 
the Bills how much they suck. He came out here to tell Awesome about how he's going to kick his ass. And this, this is not a necessary gimmick for Mike Awesome. No. I don't know why they're... Uh, I think I know why they... I'm just answering my own question right here. All right. So he comes out with the table. Scott Hudson says he comes out with that 70s table. I think that's the whole reason why they they use this gimmick so that they could just say all this shit that he was doing was that 70s suplex and table and such. Which that's is silly. It's dumb, though, because they're just... They're trying to capitalize on the popularity of a network TV show. Not coming up with anything like original on their own. They're just trying to pull off of something else that's successful. And Mike Awesome, he still has his regular gear. Where's your that 70s fucking gear? Commit to the bit, bitch. Comes out and throws some peace signs. That's about all the closer we get to right. the 70s. What do you think of this brawl? There's there's some good hardcore punk house action here. Yeah, I mean there's there's some pretty decent action. It's not it's not complete throwaway trash gimmick match. It's not too far off, I guess. I mean, what did you what did you take out of it that you like so much? I guess is my question because I guess I didn't take away an awful lot that I really loved. The only thing like in this match that uh, is kind of contrary to my regular take is that in this one, the extracurricular bullshit actually made me laugh. Oh, you liked it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't need the Buffalo Bills surrounding the ring. I didn't need that. But Gary Coleman, with the worst Nards plow of all time? (laughs) I I put Nards slash ass jabs. Yeah, like to me. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of he was kind of like a hay, haymaker to the hole is what he did. It was a hole maker, <laughs> so. right? I mean, I I don't know. I just thought it was a good brawl. It Mike Awesome, it's a power bomb. They call it that seventies bomb. Like I said, I think that's what they're going for here. Yeah. So this happens after the Bills get into the staging area, right? The crowd is going nuts, and then Awesome hits this awesome bomb. That should have been the finish. Yes. Uh, and on a high note right there, people are happy, but no. Yeah, but no. Because oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Coleman hasn't come out yet. And like we mentioned, he hits the Nards uh, ass jabs, and then he takes a guitar. Which was hilarious. Right. That was that was the part that I really liked to see Gary Coleman get fucking flattened by the guitar shot. And then fucking Stinger. What's he what's he doing out there? No idea. He comes out, he stops the stroke, and he delivers a scorpion death drop. Awesome gets the win. Oh, double J attacked him earlier, that's right. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That, okay. All right. So the Buffalo Bills got involved, kind of, in this thing. Kind you know, of. It surrounded yeah. the the ring and might have delivered a blow or two. That made you laugh, though. Yeah, I think, well, because, again, I normally don't like all this extracurricular bull- bullshit. I, I'm just not a fan of it. But we got one of the worst Nards 
shots that we've ever seen with Gary Coleman doing an asshole, right? You know, uh, uh, haymaker to the hole type situation. Uh, that part of it made me laugh quite a bit. I thought it was pretty funny. And then getting to see him get flattened by a guitar was hilarious. So, uh, yeah, I was okay with that. They could have done a lot less. You're right. I think the finish should have been the the, the bomb and the, you know, he wins with the, all the bills surrounding him. I think that would have been a great spot. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't go that way because they had to get Stinger involved because Jared attacked him earlier. It was it was unnecessary. Uh, overall, I don't know, not... Not for me, but those two spots were definitely funny enough to make it watchable. We're down to the final couple matches here. Woohoo! We get a package. About some of the bad blood happening between Goldberg and Scotty Steiner. So first, Goldberg put the freak through the table. And then Scotty Steiner got a hold of Goldie's lady took her captive and what i gotta believe is probably going to be a forcible franchise situation hey you can't force a franchise goldberg takes the bait comes out gets his ass kicked under undertaker rumble style by all the bad guys i guess they're doing this to turn it back into a face right yeah the goldberg is a bad guy thing ain't working so that's what this whole deal is probably Yep. Um, we're in for a war is what I'm led to believe here. That is what they tell you. But I guess we're just supposed to forget about ha- what happened last month when Goldberg failed to cooperate with the plan and take the jackknife and Scotty Steiner, 69er, was a good boy and took the jackknife. Yeah. <laughs> take the jackknife, good boy. <laughs> But before that, before he gets sent to the ring, we get sent back to Gene again. A big Papa Pump. Everybody know. Everybody in the world knows that he's the only man with the largest arms in the world. <laughs> well, yeah. He's the only man with the largest arms in the world. Let's think about that for a second. If you have the largest arms in the world, you're right. You're the only man with the largest arms in the world. Jesus Christ, Scotty Steiner. He talks about kicking Goldberg's ass on nitros and nitros and thunders and thunders. He's going to kick his ass tonight, and then he's going to head to the hotel because he's a loaded sex pistol ready to explode. (laughs) He's a loaded sex pistol, and he's ready to explode. That makes me, like, part of me thinks that that means that he's, uh, He's, he's walking to the ring with some rebar in his trousers. <laughs> Is that what's happening? Did you make note? I didn't say I mean, he wasn't walking out there like he wasn't he wasn't hoovied up. If that's what wasn't you're asking. A hoovie? I didn't see a hoovie. That is what I'm asking. All right. Well, that's not what I saw. So Gene says something. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but it was something, you know, passive-aggressive towards uh, Scotty as he walked away. And the booth wonders if Gene's been taking his medication, and he probably hasn't been. Oh, gotcha. But I do like this Gene, too. Next up, no DQ match. We got Scotty Steiner, Bill Goldberg. 
Big Papa's got that wild uh, chainmail headgear. Tony describes it, or no, he's got that, but then he's wearing like a fucking black thing on his face, kind of. It's like uh, one of the Brutus Beefcake uh, style. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. It's kind of like the Brutus Beefcake WrestleMania Nine mask, but all black. In my head, I was going back to like the uh, uh, Richard Hamilton face gear that he wore. <laughs> You know, when he broke his, his nose, I think he was playing for the Pistons way back in the I don't know, early 2000s. That's what I thought of right away when I saw it. I was like, oh, shit, he's got Rip Hamilton's headgear on. I think he wore that for the rest of his career, too. I think so, yeah. Like a Bob Orton cast type situation. Kind of, yeah. So Tony says that's an exotic look that Steiner has with that, with that headgear. <laughs> exotic. I mean, there's a lot of action packed in the first few minutes of this. I mean, Goldberg will give you a real good two-minute match. Yeah. Maybe the best two-minute match is what he's got. Maybe. I don't know. Him, him and the Warrior. Right. So he does. He's, he's giving the high fives and the whole bit, so he's clearly a good guy again. Right. A uh, couple of things that jumped out at me in this match. One, Scott hits a cutter. Yep. Didn't really. You don't really expect him to hit a cutter. That's not something that you see in his uh, his regular repertoire. Mm. The other thing too is, at this point, Bill's been wrestling full time for a while now, right? We can agree on that. So I was trying to figure out. At one point, Bill catches Pump. He slams Pump. And then he does a back bump. <laughs> and I don't know <laughs> why he takes a bump after he slams Big Papa Pump. Well, it was such a big slam he delivered it. The but it wasn't box. like it wasn't like he slammed him and then f- just fell backwards. Like you know what I mean? Like he exerted himself so much. It was like he slammed him, based up, and took a back pump. That was a little weird. It, weird it doesn't. Bump. It, yeah, it's fucking bad. It's bad. Bill's not very good. So Steiner gets to doing a number on Goldie with the chair when Medeja comes out there with a big pole in her hand. Oh, yeah? The stuff writes itself, man. Brucey knew what he was doing. Yeah, send her out there with a big pole in her hand. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goldie's laid up in the tree of woe. He's busted open. Mad makes some sort of a blowjob joke. Misses. Did you catch yeah. that, what that was? I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't good enough to make my notes. Scotty hits a big time belly to belly, and then the freak gives him the pipe. But Goldberg makes a comeback. It's a big spear. And then you know what happens? What happens? Out comes Rusi. Okay. With the bat. Oh, the Batman, yeah. I was wondering when, when Rusi was going to show up again. He's back. So he gets out there with his bat, lays out Goldberg. 
And right, you were kind of feeling sorry for Rusi, and we kind of agreed that that was probably not a great take. Yeah. After watching some of this hindsight, yeah. Yep. Um. So he gave us the surprise and the twist like way too much, right? Mm-hmm. But in this case, like, he hasn't won the world title yet. That's going to happen. But like, this level of narcissism is is just off the charts because Bill Goldberg is like the baddest fucking best asset they have, probably. And you, the creative writer, are going to come out there, smack him, and just have your way with Bill Goldberg. That's what you're going to do? I mean, it's not what I would do, but it's what Rusi will do. Uh, didn't make a lot of sense to me, really. Why no. went with that? Uh, I, I mean, it was nice to see Rusi, though. I'm going, I'm going sure. to like the Rusi spots because there's always yeah. something ridiculous. He gives gives the crowd the, the suck it. Always like to see that. Uh, they kind of set up a table outside. You get that? It's like half set up out there, and then Gold- yeah. Goldberg is slammed through it. Yeah. Uh, can we can we talk about the the horrible recliner? Which one? There's like three of them. <laughs> so after Rusi comes out and attacks Bill, and we get through all that, uh, Pump does work to a recliner. And it's one of the worst recliners I think I've ever seen him apply. But Bill fights out of it, and he stands up, and Pump is on Bill's shoulders. Now, this is... Yes, yes, I know where you're going here. This is where, traditionally, you do the electric chair drop, right? You fall back. That's the move, right? That's the safe thing to do. But what Bill does is something that's hard to explain. So Bill takes his arms, and he essentially pushes up on Scott's legs, and it almost looks like he's trying to force him out of the ring and Scott to take, like, a back bump on the the, the floor below. But he, like, pushes up and steps away, and Scott's supposed to take this weird back bump from that position. That was fucked up. It was horrible looking, and it was pretty goddamn dangerous. I laughed, I guess, out of, uh, what do you call it? Schadenfreude? You know what I'm talking about? Schadenfreude? No, I don't know any Schadenfreude. Just getting pleasure out of the other's misfortune. Okay, so on Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. So they talk about it in the Needs World episode. Okay, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Because, anyway, yeah, yeah that so, was, that's not how that was supposed to happen at all. He just, like, just just plops him off his shoulders. It looked like he was taking liberties. You know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine that Scott was like, oh, yeah, gotcha. You're going to lift me up. Like do electric chair drop. And Bill's like, no, guess what? I got a new move. It's not electric chair drop. It's uh, let's see if he lives move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, shot on fraud. <laughs> so he gets out of it, and then Rusi, not to be outdone, gives him gives Goldberg the bat again. 
The genetic freak hits a big belly-to-belly. He ain't going to get Goldberg like that, though. He gets a two-count. And then both the pole and the bat come into play as they're just doing a number on Bill, slapping him in a recliner. Again, he gets out of the second one. And then Rusey gets his shit ass up there again. His shit ass. I was going to say his piece of shit ass. I'll have to, write it. I'll have to edit that. Goldberg gets it. I mean, so Rusey gets up there again. And Goldberg gets knocked down. And he's put in his third Steiner recliner. Mickey J does the raise the hand three times thing. And that is Goldberg's second loss. Yeah, it was the. Yeah, because Scotty hits him with a belly to belly. Off the top, and Goldberg hits his head, and then they put him in the recliner, and they can't. Yeah, it's the race the hand gimmick, and it's over. It was not very good again. What do you think of the? What do you think of uh, Rusey tearing off the shirt, Hulkster style? Unnecessary. He's not a he's not a muscular guy at all. No, and I think that you got to have a certain body to pull that move off, and he's not that guy. Oh. What do you think of the Buffalo Bills getting getting let back into the staging area to help Billy? Help Billy Goldberg. I'm fine with it. That part of it didn't really. It was okay. Yeah. yeah. Next up, we're almost done. We're getting there. Woo-hoo! We get a promo with the guy with the voice making a comeback. He's talking about Stinger being reborn at Halloween Havoc. Ooh. wonder what that shit's about. No idea. Brought to you by WCW Backstage Assault. You remember that? Horrible video game. Bad game. Fucking brutal game. It's perfect for WCW at this time period. Right. Isn't that the only wrestling game to not have a ring? Probably, yeah. Probably those kind of come standard issue with the wrestling with wrestling games. games. Yeah, I think this was the only wrestling game to not have a ring. That's a good point um, because they made a couple of kick-ass video games. Yes, they did. And then it just shows you everything in the company went down the tubes. You know, wasn't just the product; it was the you know was video game choices. Merch sucked. Merch, yeah. We get the main event package here. Rusey calls Big Sexy Mike Kevin Nash. So he made a match for the title between him and T on Nitro. Double J is the enforcer. I mentioned earlier, uh, Nash ended up winning. And Big Sex is at the back at the top of the mountain. Uh, the, the package wasn't really anything. It was. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the exact same package as at the top of the show, minus the figures. Yeah, I could see they that. Just replayed the yeah. thing. Yeah. But then Pam's in the back with the number one contender, one of your main men. Yeah, you got several main men this this year. First, well, as bad a year as it is. I mean, you got Jin- 
Jindrak, Double J, Booker T. Landstorm. Landstorm, yeah. That's not a ton. It's a fair amount. So Booker T says, you're going to have to kill him. If you don't start none, they won't be none. That's a good point. Nash is a big pile of crap this high. And he motions to, you know, a few feet high. Right, right, right. Reminds us once again not to plate the hair. Not to. I can't talk today. What the fuck does he remind us of? Not to hate the player, hate the game. Gotcha. Now, I want to go back to that that line that you said. He says that if you don't start, nothing won't be nothing. That's a direct rip from Independence Day. Is it? Yes. In Independence Day, Will Smith goes over to the, the, uh, the UFO that crashed. And he was like, like I said, don't start nothing, won't be nothing. Mm. Yeah. I mean, great line from the movie, but again, recycled goods. This whole, I guess they gave up on Hoovy being The Rock, and now Booker T is just, he is there, The Rock. He's like Michael Mr. B- Cliche. Right. He's got this. Yeah. He's got this catchphrase. The catchphrase plays right before his Harlem Heat theme, just like, do you smell what the Rock is cooking? You know. Plus, Michael Buffer calls him the people's champion. He does the damn rock bottom. The spinner Rooney's basically a people's elbow type of type of charade. Charade, if you will. I think that one's a stretch, but I, I can kind of see what you're saying. <sighs> Not a stretch, man. It's a pretty big stretch. So the main event here, we got Booker T, Kevin Nash, and a caged heat match. It's How just is... a standard. It's yeah. just a standard fucking cage match. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, and the funny part is they can't get the fucking door closed to begin. That part was hilarious. <laughs> Close the fucking door. How come you can't, you can't get the scaffold up? You can't raise the scaffold. You can't close the fucking door. Get your ass together. Buffer calls Nash the best big man ever. Ooh. I'm thinking Nash probably wrote that for Buffer to say. He could have. Right. Booker, he got the T back and he got his song back, which happy for him. He's looking to become a two-time, two-time world champion. So this is just a cage match. Cage teeth is just uh, something they're saying. It's what you're saying. It's just something they're saying. So these two exchange some offense to start things off before Nash uses the size and power to get the early advantage. It's a decent little cage match. Both guys hit some good spots. Nash hits a huge choke slam. We get the turnbuckle exposed. Big sex gets busted open. I mean... I'm missing something here. Nah, I'm man, not at all. Here. We got the we did get a ten count Nards plow, which was that was good, and then we got a standard Nards plow by Nash. We also get a Nards plow where he's like a lunging. Did you see that? It was towards the it was towards the end of the match, probably within the last. Is there that five, many Nards plow? Five or so minutes. Yeah, he does like a lunging wow. Nards plow. It was a pretty interesting. Okay. You don't see that plow utilized. Uh, I mean, rarely. I mean, ever really. So that was kind of sure, interesting. Oh, sure. I 
the ending sequence of the match is pretty good. I think that for what it was, the match is pretty decent. Like, I love that they didn't have a bunch of bullshit around the match. This was an easy-to-watch match. Booker T regains the title with the bookend, which is a rock bottom, and an <clears throat> extremely rare world title match with a clean finish. Yeah. It was good. The fin- I thought the finish was nice, too. Nash coming back up on top, getting him for a, for the jackknife, Booker T getting out of the jackknife and landing on his feet right into the, the bookend. I I enjoyed the match. I think this it was was this was the only clean finish on the card, too. I it was hard to start, believe. Start to finish, yeah. It was the only clean finish on the card. And I enjoyed the match. It was a pretty good match. Yeah, it was it wasn't bad at all. Uh, mm-hmm. Both both good workers. Give it to Nash for for doing her clean here because that was a fucking relief. Yeah, and I'm not gonna try and rack my brain here, but I wouldn't be surprised if the last clean title switch in WCW was Goldberg beating the Hulkster. I wouldn't be surprised if there's that big of a gap just because of every everything we've covered has been all bullshit. I'm sure yeah. there's some other bullshit in there, but. It's a good you know, point. You might be right. We're, yeah. we're talking a few years here that we didn't cover, so I'm not. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, but it, it just wouldn't be surprising. And I'm right with I, you. I understand right. what you're saying completely. It's like you expect there to be a dirty finish. Yep, that's part of the deal. You're right with the, right. With the title match, especially, which is one of the reasons why this sucks really bad. But I mean, I'm well, gonna, I'm, gonna was... go out, I'm gonna go out and say it here, man. Show of the year so far. Oh, wow. This is the 10th show. Whew. You might be right. You might be right. It wasn't a great show. No. It wasn't. But we did get a clean finish in the championship match that was satisfying. They gave us a satisfying main event, which was nice. One thing that did suck during the main event, though, that, that I hated, on commentary, they plugged a world title match for the following night on Nitro. That part, like, don't do that. Don't take away from what's in front of me by plugging Nitro. If you want to, at the end of the night, if you want to say, you know, we'll see you tomorrow night, where, you know, Kevin Nash is taking on Stinger tomorrow night, that's fine. Slide it in there, but not while the match is actually going on. Like don't don't plug your near nitro. That part I didn't like, but overall it was a satisfying main event with a satisfying finish. So I was I was fine with it, and I think that's probably the only reason why I would be inclined to agree with you as far as best card that we've watched so far in this in this run of episodes. So yeah, I don't I, I'm I'm okay with that take. Yeah, I counted them up out of curiosity because it seems like we've been on this season forever, and this is our eleventh episode so we did the preview show and then this will be the 10th this was the 10th show that we've covered yeah and to the best of my knowledge they've all been real bad yes very bad like pretty much without exception so why don't you tell us what we got for show number 12 here of season four what we are going to halloween havoc brother halloween havoc (sighs) so we have a three-way dance for the, the Tag Team Championship. We got Jindrak and O'Hare against Kidman and Mysterio. And, well, we're going to be in, this is going to be interesting. We have the, de- the, the pay-per-view debut of the Boogie Knights. 
Hey, hey, hey. Things right. might be fucking looking up. They might be fucking looking up. That's enough. Uh, and then we have. Uh, Man, both of us are going to get satisfied. We, we're both going to get satisfied. Yeah. So that'll be good. We're, we're, we're rarely um, looking, looking sim- simultaneously satisfied. <laughs> That's enough. So then we have. <laughs> And we got, uh, it looks like a hardcore match for the hardcore title. It's Reno versus Sergeant Wall. Then we have a standard tag match where we, we will find uh, Lieutenant Loco and Corporal Cajun against the perfect event. Then we have an intergender tag match, which would be the Filthy Animals, uh, Conan and Tigress against uh, the Dougler and Tori Wilson. We have what they're calling a first blood DNA match. Which is <laughs> isn't that dumb? First blood DNA. Anyways, uh, you get the Buffster against David Flair. Then we got uh, a kickboxing match, which will pit Mike Sanders versus Ernest the Cat Miller. How do you suppose that DNA thing? What What that, do you think the catch is there? I don't know. I am. I, part of me is hoping it's just one of those matches that's like, you guys are just going to go out there and have a singles match, but we're just going to call it a first blood DNA match. I don't, I have no idea. Uh, you got singles match between Mike Awesome and Vampiro! 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 Uh, we got General Erection and Lance Storm or versus, what have we got here? It's a handicap yeah. match. It's a handicap match for the WCW United States Championship that will pit General Erection against Lance Storm and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. We got Jarrett versus oh, the Stinger. So, what? So, Duggan is not a Team Canada anymore? No, it's General Erection versus Lance Storm and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, okay. I thought it was the other way around. Handicap match. Yep, yep. Okay. Uh, singles match, Jarrett versus Stinger. We got uh, the heavyweight title match is going to be Scotty Steiner versus Booker T. And then the main event is a handicap elimination match. And if Bill Goldberg loses, he will have be forced to leave WCW. It is Goldberg versus Chronic. Handicap elimination match. Oh, boy. So this already sounds horrible. But we'll see, man. Maybe we'll be surprised. It, it sounds pretty bad. There's there's a little intrigue. Okay. Right? Yeah, sure. Real minimal intrigue, but very minimal, yeah. Um so we've been we've been dealing with a lot of bullshit this year. And perhaps the crowning achievement of the the bullshit uh you know compilation we got here is going to happen in between this show and the next show so we'll fill you in on that when we when we get there that's a weird cliffhanger it involves rusi okay cage match all right i'm in i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not giving away anymore man all right keep it to yourself shut the fuck up that's enough slut all right well i'm duke bags i want to thank you for joining us here See you next time for Halloween Havoc 2000. Kevin, Kevin Rowe, you gotta slide one lesson. <laughs>
That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. You want to slide one in there? That's enough. Touch it. Touch it. What's that? You like that? Touch it. That's enough.